Hi listeners, I'm your host Rebecca Kelly and welcome back to The Station, a fiction podcast about a girl named Edith Shepard who's trapped on board an abandoned space station called the Delta. In our last episode, we learned about New Shepard's experience as she gave birth to her daughter Ida on board the Delta, all alone, with no ground communications. In this episode, we'll learn more about Ida's early life on board the station with her mother. Are you ready? Let's jump right in. Here is chapter 23 of The Station. New sat at the kitchen table in the G, squinting as she worked with a program on a hollow screen, her face tight with concentration. She was working on something new that she'd been mulling over in her mind for a few months now. The new program was a tracking program to monitor activity on the surface. It was a way for her to take a more proactive role in communicating with people on the ground, if there were any left, that is. She hoped that this Doppler-based system would provide the answer to where the people were and what they were doing. Something caught her eye, and she swiveled her head around to look. Ida shot past her, running through the center of the module, her tiny feet making dull thuds on the rubber running track. New smiled at this, but only for a second. As soon as the smile touched her lips, she turned it around, and a stern look came over her face. Ida. Have you finished your schoolwork? she asked, not pleased to see that her daughter was away from her desk so early in the afternoon. New had set her down only 15 minutes before to read three chapters of her book, Journey to the Center of the Earth, by Jules Verne. Although there was no children's fiction in the station archives, there was plenty of literary fiction. New put together a summer reading list for her daughter to work on over the next few months. Ida was only five, but she was already reading Jules Verne and Charles Dickens. Her favorite book was Little House on the Prairie by Laura Ingalls Wilder. She'd read it three times already, once with New reading it to her, and twice more on her own. Yes, New, she said as she flew past the kitchen table again on her way around the circular module at breakneck speed. Ida, please slow down so I can speak to you, New said putting her hand out to catch the little girl as she came around the bend again. How can you have finished already? It's only been 15 minutes. No, it's been 30 minutes, and I finished five minutes ago. I even read ahead a little, and now I want to run, Ida said with a satisfied smirk. Has it already been 30 minutes? New's eyes perked up as she questioned her own timekeeping abilities. New was all about keeping the schedule, so the fact that an extra 15 minutes had gone by without her realizing it surprised her. She checked her screen time, and yes, Ida was right. It had been 30 minutes. New laughed to herself. She'd been so wrapped up in the programming project that she completely lost track of time. All right, then, she said. If you're sure you read and understand the material, then you may run for a while before supper. Okay, Ida said, and in the blink of an eye, she was off, bound to run dizzying circles around the G for the next hour until she collapsed in exhaustion. Running was her favorite thing to do, besides quizzing Nick's for little tidbits of random trivia. Shaking her head, New caught Ida's arm before she could get going. 
smiled and added, Don't forget, we are going to run through the orbital maneuver procedures tonight. I want you to pay close attention to it this time. The last time, you were like a silly goose lost in space. She made a silly face that caused a fit of laughter to escape from Ida's lips. I just don't see why I have to watch you do it. It's not like you won't do it again, Ida said, her face turned up into a sour look. Yes, dear, New said. You're right, but what if something should happen to me? You must be able to run it yourself. And since there's nobody else here to teach you, I guess I'm it. Ida shrugged and New got up from her seat with her fingers outstretched in a threat of tickles, and she chased the little girl around the G. By the third time around, they were both laughing uncontrollably and exhausted. Okay, little girl, New said. I'm going to keep working on this program, and then we'll tend to the garden before supper. How does that sound? Sounds great! And once again, Ida turned her attention to the rubber track and was off in a flash of bare feet and long brown hair. New placed the value of education above all else. At the tender age of five, Ida was more advanced than most children twice her age. She spoke, wrote, and read English and Russian fluently. All astronauts were required to understand Russian in order to operate the Soyuz, but New actually learned the Slavic language many years before she became an astronaut. Her mother was born and raised in Moscow, the daughter of a factory worker and a physicist. A brilliant woman, Ida's grandmother earned her PhD in physics before the age of 26. She married Ida's grandfather, an American chemist at the age of 30, and left her career in physics behind to raise her daughter. Millicent was an only child, and her mother was her best friend for 25 years, until she died of breast cancer at the age of 55. The loss devastated New. She became deeply depressed and almost quit pursuing her goal of becoming an astronaut. A near-death experience in a motorcycle accident pulled her out of her funk. After the accident, she swore that life would be hers to live to its fullest in memory of her beloved mother. Ida's school schedule rivaled that of most high-end private schools. New put the vast amount of information available in the station archives to work for her. Every day, she and Ida sat down to work on reading, writing, advanced math, physics, and economics. To top it off, they had the best bird's-eye view of the planet to study environmental sciences and geography. New told Ida what she knew about the war and about how they had come to be stranded in the Delta. Ida, of course, had no basis for comparison as to what life might be like on the surface. She'd seen movies, pictures, and read many books depicting a normal human life on the surface of the Earth. But the concept was not easy for her to grasp. She was born on the station, and it was all she knew. For Ida... Earth held the same place in her mind as Venus or Mars. They existed, but they were very far away and had no real effect on her life. Every evening, New gave Ida a lesson about the station and how to run the various life support systems. She wanted Ida to have a working knowledge of the systems by the time she was 10. This served several purposes. First, it was a way to keep Ida occupied by giving her actual real-time lessons about her home and how to keep it functioning properly. Second, if anything ever did happen to New, 
Ida would be able to stay alive on the station until someone rescued her. New continued to hold out hope that the war would end and they would be rescued. And then there was Nix. New had given him a name, a database full of practical information, and the ability to hold a conversation. Having Nix around had been incredibly helpful. He did all of the work outside the station, and he was good at his job, doing thorough inspections and handling minor repairs with ease. He always checked with New before completing a task he was not specifically programmed to complete, but in almost every case, he was correct in his analysis of the situation, and she simply told him to go ahead with it. Ida had grown fond of the strange-looking robot and genuinely considered him a friend. Once when Ida was about four years old, New found her sleeping next to Nix on his charging port. Since there was no gravity in that section of the station, Ida floated easily next to him, her favorite sleeping bag, which she dragged around like a blankie, connected to the port by carabiners. Nix had his arm around her and a lullaby playing from the tiny speakers in his torso. It gave New comfort to know that if something did happen to her, Ida wouldn't be totally alone. New continued to work on her program as Ida rounded the module over and over again. She hoped to have it up and running before the end of the week so she could begin the process of scanning the surface and analyzing data. She was willing to do anything to get her daughter down to the surface safely. Thanks for listening, sci-fi fans. In the next episode of The Station, we'll return to the present time and hear what Ale Bacchus has to say after his first conversation with Ida. Remember, he's just found her SOS signal and figured out how to speak directly with her. It's the first communication she's ever had with anyone from the surface. You don't want to miss it. See you then. Bye.